1, verse 2. As we get this prosperity message in you, you start living it, acting it, taking it as your own. Amen? Knowing that prosperity is real. It's real, it's real, it's real, it's real, it's real. Glory to God. Third John 1, 2, once again. You know, he says, Beloved, I wish, desire, or pray above all things that thou mayest what? Prosper and be in what? Health, even as I what? So prosperous. Come on, these are words from the Holy Spirit that came through men to the saints, folks. I'm talking about you and I. Come on, this is the living word for all men for all time. Let me say it again. This is a living word for all men of all time. Come on. These words are God speaking to you and I. Are you listening to me out there? These words are God speaking to you and I. So what is the Lord telling us then? That he what? That he desires above all things. Come on. This is important because he knows all things. Come on, he knows all things. What is it that the Lord is desiring above all things for you and I? That we may what? Prosper and be in what? And health. But the problem is, millions of Christians do not believe this one phrase. As a matter of fact, some even stopped coming to Wednesday service since I've been ministering the subject. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, they're fine with the health part but they have a problem with the prosperity part. Something's wrong with that picture. Come on, say amen, somebody. But it says here that God desires above all things that I prosper. God desires this. It says that God desires above all things that I be in health. Come on, that's the complete package. Health and wealth. Somebody say health and wealth. Now, should I accept this as God's will for my life or not? So if that's the case, why do Christians have a problem with this? One of the reasons is because the devil has lied to the church and has confused the church through unscriptural preaching and teaching. But we're going through scripture today. Come on, say amen, somebody. But let me ask you again, is this word for us today? Is this a word of the Lord for me today? Come on, say amen, somebody. Well, what did he tell you again? He told you what? That he wants you to prosper. <laughs> Amen. And be in what? Help. How's it going to happen? Even as thy what? Soul prosper. So once again, I got to prosper in my soul. And as I prosper inside, it's going to affect the outside. So I got to quit talking poverty. I got to quit thinking poverty. I got to quit making plans to do what poor people do. Hello? And even if I've been, I've been a poor person all my life, I got to start saying I'm rich. Come on, I'm rich. I think rich and I make confessions and I expect to be rich. Why? If my soul prospers, then I'm going to prosper physically in my body, 
and I'm going to prosper financially and materially in my life. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. amen. So we've been asking the question, what kind of God do we serve? And we know God revealed himself through two major redemptive names. It's not all of his names, but two major redemptive names. One was El Shaddai, and it revealed God's nature, his character, and his will. We looked at the root word Shaddai, and we found out is the root, for, for, root word for breast. And just like the mother's breast, amen, is the infant's total source of supply, who is God to us? God is our what? Total source of supply. We've seen where God revealed himself to Abram as Jehovah what? Jireh. Amen. The God that sees ahead and provides that supply. What's he do? He sees what you need even before you get there. Then he sends the ram on the way so that you and the provision will arrive at the same time at the same place. Why? Because the Lord will provide. Somebody say the Lord will provide. And then we've seen in numerous places where God has identified himself as the God of Abraham the God of Isaac, and the God of what? Jacob. And we know Isaac, amen, is alive right now. We know Abram is alive right now. And we know Jacob is alive right now. Come on, they're in heaven, but they're still alive. Why? Because heaven is just as real as St. Thomas, but just a little better. Much better. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. And once again, if we could sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in their heavenly mansion, and ask them a question. What kind of God did you know? Because our God never changes. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, Abram would say, well, I was on the earth. When I was on the earth, God covenanted with me, and he blessed me, and he said he was going to bless me, and guess what? He did bless me. He made me a multi-what? Billionaire. Come on, what kind of God did Abraham know? He knew a God who was faithful to him, and protected him and his family. Come on. He knew a God who allowed him to pray and intercede and call him his friend. And then we ask the other side of this, what kind of man was Abraham that God could bless him like he did? Well, we know he was a man that what? Obeyed God and did what he, was told, what did what he told him to do. He was a man that would leave everything and anything, go anywhere and give anything. Come on, say amen, somebody. We found out Abraham was a man that was a tither. Somebody that would put God what? First. And also we found that he was unselfish. He was somebody who preferred his brother and he was hospitable. He enjoyed taking care of people and doing things for people. Come on, say amen somebody. Do you enjoy taking care of people? Do you enjoy doing things for people? Or do you complain all the time? Because that's the kind of man Abraham was, that God could bless him like he did. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then we talked about the God that Isaac knew. He knew a God who made his daddy one of the richest men in the whole region. Come on, he knew a God who led his daddy to find him the perfect wife and leave him billions of dollars. Come on, do you want a daddy like that? Amen. Come on, he got married and he's, he's super wealthy. Come on, he got the most perfect, beautiful wife. He's got all this, amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. He got all this money to start his life with. Come on, he got billions to start with. But he also knew God who told him where to sow and where to stay. 
where to sow and where to stay. He followed his daddy's footsteps and did what? He obeyed God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, he obeyed God. Come on. He sowed where God told him to sow, and he stayed where God told him to stay. And guess what? And he reaped in one year 100 times of what he sowed. Oh, y'all better say something. Why? Because he knew a God of the hundredfold. He knew a God who blessed him so much that sinners became envious of him. Why? Because he is more financially stable and stronger than even the king. To the point the king came and asked him, would you move? Because why? Isaac was showing him up. So I'm pretty sure Isaac would say, there are, he wouldn't say, there are times that God won't, won't prosper you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Has God changed? Come on, has God changed? Well, we looked at the God of Abraham. We looked at the God of Isaac. So now let's look, now let's look at the God of Jacob. Come on. If we could sit down with Jacob and ask him, what kind of God did you know on earth? We'll turn to Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27. What kind of God did you know on earth, Jacob? Well, we know this was an account where his father Isaac was pronouncing a blessing over him, but he was getting it through fraud. Come on. Jacob has been known as the deceiver. Hello. We know his brother, his brother Esau was the firstborn. Amen. He was the one that should have gotten the firstborn blessing. Why? Listen, that meant more money, which is something we never talk about. It meant more money for Come on, we're talking about billions of dollars. All of Abraham's wealth and combined with all of Isaac's wealth. That's what we're talking about. Well, guess what? This was going to be split between Jacob and Esau. But think, think about it. Siblings fight over 10,000 a day when it comes to money. Left by their parents. Come on, say amen. Somebody. Well, think about siblings fighting over billions. Billions. Why? Because the firstborn was supposed to get the bigger cut. Amen? And he also got the responsibility of the headship of the family. So there's a spirit, there, there, there were spiritual things as well as natural things. Are you with me out there? Well, Jacob wanted that slot. And he wanted all the money. And he wanted the power that went with it. And guess what? He got it honestly. Because he got it from his mama. He got that from his mama. Listen closely. Children's problems are really parent problems. Let me say it again. Children's problems are really parent problems. When a child comes to children's church cussing, you have to ask, where did they get it from? Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, when they're selfish and mean and got this nasty attitude, you got to ask them, where did they get it from? Where did that come from? Because why? When kids first come into this world, they're like blank pieces of paper. 
and they pick up on everything. They pick up on everything. And see, people think they're hiding something from the kids, and there's only one way for, listen, there's only one way for something not to get into your kids. And that's for you to get it out of you. There's only one way for something not to get into your kids, and that's for you to get it out of you. Okay, I didn't get a big amen, amen. Tell your neighbor, that's the only way. Amen. Well, where did Jacob get his trickery? Amen. Where did, he, where, did he, where did he get doing these things behind his daddy's back? His mama taught him. His what? His mama taught him. He got it from his mama. She said, son, go in there and pretend that you're Esau. <laughs> Come on. See, a woman of integrity would never tell her child to do something like that. Hello, I didn't get no amens from my ladies out there. Understand this. There's never, ever, under any circumstances, a legitimate reason for lying. Never ever. There's no situation where deception and lying is justifiable. None. Matter of fact, you ought to be willing to die before you lie. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Why? Because you and your word are one. Say it again. You and your word are one. If your word is no good, then you're not a person of integrity and your own heart knows it. Oh, come on. You can't even be a person of faith. Why? Your faith doesn't work if your word is no good. Let me explain. Go to Mark eleven twenty three. Keep a marker there. We're coming back. <clears throat> If you're not a person of integrity, come on. Your word is no good. Your heart knows it, folks. And it'll affect your faith. Amen? Your faith doesn't work if your word is no good. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Have what? Faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, it's talking about speaking now, Unto this mountain, and be thou what? Be thou removed, and be thou what? Cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. But shall believe. But shall believe what? What does he have to believe? He has to believe that those things which he saith, those things which he saith, he has to believe what he says. Then it shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he said. Listen, you have to believe what you say. Well, if you're lying all the time, or even lying once in a while, your own heart knows that your word is not always true. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. So your confidence for faith and speaking faith words is undermined. Why? 
Because our, our whole life is based on our faith. So we must adhere to our words. If you say you're going to do it, do it. Say it again. If you say you're going to do it, do it. If you say you're going to be there, be there. Now, something comes up that you just can't get around, you know, get around to it. Something got to come up real serious. Come on, you call them and tell them this came up so I won't be able to make it. But be a person of your word. Be a person of your word and make it up to them if you can't make it. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. If you're always compromising your word, then you're undermining your own faith. Hear what I just said? And you're undermining your own ability to believe. Let me say that one more time. If you're always compromising your word, then you're undermining your own faith and ability to believe. So keep your word. Even if it's to your hurt, you keep your word. <laughs> If you're always compromising your word, then you're undermining your own faith and ability to believe. Keep your word. So he learned this from his own mother. And he went in there and he tricked his daddy who was older and couldn't see. Come on. And his daddy gave him the blessing that belonged to Esau. But understand that this wasn't something that God wasn't aware of. Because the Bible also says Esau had despised his birthright. Amen. In other words, it didn't mean as much to him as it should have been. Come on. Now the Lord, listen, the Lord didn't do this. And the Lord was not an accomplice of this deception. But when it was all said and done, he allowed the blessing because Esau despised his birthright. Now, eventually, what happened? You'll find later on, Jacob qualified for the blessing. But look at Genesis 27, 28. Genesis 27, 28. And it says, Therefore God give thee the what? The dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and what? Plenty of corn and wine. Somebody say plenty. Come on, somebody say fatness. It says, God give thee what? The dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn. Then verse 29, it says, and let people what? Serve thee. And nations what? Bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren. And let thy mother's son bow down to thee. Curse be everyone that curseth thee. And blessed be he that what? Blesses thee. This is the same blessing of who? Of Abraham. Why? Because it continued from generation to a generation. And if you, if you read the rest of the story, you'll find when Esau found out about it, found out that blessing was passed down to Jacob, come on, he made up his mind that as soon as his daddy dies, Jacob is mine. I'm going to kill him. Come on, say amen. He, he's out of here. Come on, say amen. Now his mama saw this, and besides that, guess what? Esau had married ungodly women. 
and his parents didn't like it. Hey, we can stop right there, huh? Tell your children they ain't married no ungodly man or ungodly woman. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. So his mother told him, listen, you got to get out of here and go find you a godly woman and your brother's going to kill you if you don't leave right now. So here's a young man leaving home. But think about it. He had it made at home because his daddy is rich. I'm talking about rich, rich, rich. They got the best of everything. But now he's out here with a backpack. Going who knows where. Come on, say amen, somebody. But it kind of reminds you of his grandfather. And then you remember one night he had a dream and he saw what? Angels going up and down. But look at verse 13. So he's out here on his own, right? He doesn't know whether he's going to make it or not. But then what happens? The Lord comforts him. And in verse 13, guess what the God says? And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the what? The Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of who? Isaac. Genesis 28 verse 13. Genesis 28, 13. There yet? He said, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, what? I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac, the land, listen, the land whereunto thou liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed. Now think about it. This is something here, folks. You're laying out there by yourself and all you have is your little backpack. <laughs> Come on. And your brother wants to kill you. Then God shows up and tells you the land you're laying on right now, you're going to own it one day. <laughs> oh, you got to hear me. See, I hope you're open for something like this. Why? Because you got to think big and dream big to receive something like this in your spirit. Come on. See, if you can believe you can go from renting the smallest thing to owning a hotel, to owning the apartment building, or owning their resort. Come on, say amen, somebody. If you can believe you can go from washing cars and owning the car lot, if you can think like this, if you can dream like this, come on, say amen, somebody. Well, what has to happen on the inside? First, your soul has to prosper where you think different. And if you go back to Abraham, God did the same thing to Abraham. Do you remember? Matter of fact, keep a marker there and go to Genesis 13, 14. God did the same thing to Abraham. What was God doing? Causing his soul to prosper. So God spoke to him just like he spoke to Jacob. Genesis 13, 14. Well, he told him what? Lift up thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northwest, southwest, eastward, and westward. And then he says, For all the land which thou what? See it to thee, I will what? Give it unto thy seed forever. Somebody say owning. Somebody say owning. Why? Because God is a God of ownership. Somebody better receive that. 
God is a God of what? Ownership. God told him, I'm going to give you all of this. And what did Abraham do? Come on. Did he slap his knee and say, oh, you got to be kidding me. Then God started telling him, and I'll make thy seed as the dust of the earth, in verse 16, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. And he didn't even have a child. Well, what did Abram do? Because what we're doing, we're drawing a parallel here. What did he do? He believed God and said, yes, sir. Do whatever you want to do. This is the attitude you have to have, folks. Come on. You can't be thinking in the back of your mind, yeah, right. Like that's really going to happen to me. And you just can't slip it off when your pastor gets up and says, God's going to raise you up. And you're going to do some big things. And he's going to make you rich. And you get that funny look on your look, look, look of doubt and unbelief on your face. Come on, say amen, somebody. You got to agree with me. You have to agree with the Holy Ghost and God, and you got to say, be it unto me according to thy word. Come on, you got to say, Lord, I'm here. Use me. Use me as you please. Amen. If God says he's going to do something to you, through you, and for you, don't say how in the world this is going to happen. Just say, yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. I'll take that. Thank you, Lord. I'll believe that. Come on, say amen, somebody. Just believe and agree. Believe what and agree. If he tells you something that you never imagined before in your life, what are you going to do? You're just going to say, yes, sir. Come on, say, yes, sir. God, I know I can do it. I agree with you, God. I don't have to see how. I'm just going to walk by faith. Oh, come on now. Go back to Genesis 28, 13. Genesis 28, 13. So God says, I'm going to give you all of this. Then in verse 14, he says, And thy seed shall be as the what? Dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be what? Blessed. And behold, I am what? With thee. I will what? Keep thee in all the places whither thou goest, and I will bring thee again into this what? Land. For I will not leave thee, come on, until I have what? I will not leave thee until I have what? I have done that which I spoken to thee of. Glory to God. Don't you know this was music to Jacob's ears? Being a young man out there all alone. Verse 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning, took the stone that he put for his pillow, set it up, set up a pillar, and poured out oil, poured oil upon and top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city was called Luz at first, then in verse 20. And Jacob did what? He bowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go. And, and listen, and he said, well, give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. See, you can see what he was thinking here. Because he was thinking, listen, I'm going to starve out here. Why? 
Listen, I'm on my own. I don't have my mama look after me out here. Come on, say amen, somebody. And he don't have his daddy's money. So he's out here wondering, am I going to make it? I don't even know anybody out here. But then the Lord assured him and comforted him and said, listen, I'm with you. Not only am I going to be with you and protect you, I'm going to give you all this land that you're laying on right now. And then he says, if God will be with me and will keep me in the way that I go and give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my what? So that I come again to my what? Father's house. Because why? There's no doubt the devil was telling him, you'll never see your mama and daddy again. You'll never get back home. So he said, then shall the Lord be my God. Verse 22, and this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And all, listen to this, and all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. <laughs> What's he doing? He's making a commitment. He's what? He's making a commitment. And see, most of you know the rest of the story. Was the Lord with him? Did the Lord keep him? Did the Lord protect him? Come on. The Lord protected him from the same, the Lord protected him from the same seed that he had sown. And before it was all said and done, he came back with people, he came back with flocks, and he came back with herds. But when he left, what did he have? He had a stick and a backpack. But I wonder if he kept his commitment to God when he said, all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Where did he get that? He got it from his father Isaac. Where did Isaac get it from? From his father Abraham. And once again, people will say tithing is under the law, but here we haven't even got to the law. This is in Genesis. We know tithing was before the law, during the law, and after the law. Come on, it's not a law thing. It's, a, it's, a, what's a, it's not a law thing, and it's not a legal thing, folks. Once again, it's an honoring God thing. It's a what? It's an I know where my blessings come from thing. It's a what? I know where, who my source is thing. Come on, say amen, somebody. It's an I'm thankful where this came from thing. Come on, are you with me out here? It's, 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 it's one of those, I'm going to put God first and support his things first thing. That's what it's always been about. But what kind of man did God know about Jacob that he was able to bless him like he did? Well, we see two things right away. Well, number one, he was a man who changed. Who was willing to change. And he was a man who put God first in his finances. He was a man who tied just like his grandfather and his father. Now look at Genesis 29. Now you know the story. And sometimes you need to get back, go back and read it over again. Come on, say amen. Because out here in Genesis 29, we know he's a young man out here on his own, not knowing what's going to happen to him. Then supernaturally, God spoke to him. Come on. Come on, he got up the next morning. He's a different man. He's got confidence now. He knows something his granddaddy knew and his daddy knew. What do you know? He knows that my God is real. 
Come on, he knows my God is real. I know he's in covenant with me just like he was in covenant with my daddy, just like he's in covenant with my grandpa, and I'm going to be okay because why? Because I know I'm blessed. And he's walking over the land, listen, and he's walking over the land, and as he's walking over the land, he's thinking, this is going to be mine one day. This tree's going to be mine. That hill over there and that pond, it's all mine. Amen? Well, verse, verse 5, he's looking for Laban's house, and he showed up at the well, and he's seen some guys there, and he, and he said unto them, Know you Laban, the son of Nahar? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, He's well. And behold, look, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. <laughs> Come on. And he was awestruck. Verse 10, and it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near, rolled. He, 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 he started talking about, I'm the man. You know, usually they have somebody help you. He said, I'm going to roll the stone myself. I'm going to show how strong I am. <laughs> he was in the impressing mode. Come on. He rolled the stone from the wells while... And watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And then it said, and Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. Come on, he was all in. Come on. Now, this was, this was just a greeting kiss. But I'm pretty sure he put a little extra in there. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. And then Jacob told Rachel that he was his father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father, and it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. You know, we know Laban said, come and stay with me. Then Laban said, I don't want you to go out here and work for free. I'm going to pay you. What do you want? Verse 18, I said, and Jacob what? He loved Rachel. And said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. Verse 20, and Jacob served Rachel how long? He served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed to him but a what? few days because all he had on his mind was Rachel. <laughs> Amen. Time just passed away because all he was thinking about is Rachel. For he loved, for the love he had to her. Verse 21, and Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. Hey, it's time. I done served you seven years. I'm ready to be married. Amen. Give me my wife for my days are fulfilled that I may go in unto her. So we know they had a big party. And they were supposed to introduce the bride at the, at the tent ceremony. And they brought in the wrong woman. They brought the wrong woman to the tent. And he woke up the next morning. It was the wrong girl. Now, I don't know about you. He must have partied a little bit too hard for him not to know that this was the wrong woman. Amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. But listen, he just got duped. He got deceived big time. But you reap what you sow. He sowed deception and he reaped deception. Come on, are you with me out here? So we know he sold another seven years and he finally married the right woman. It cost him 14 years 
years to get Rachel. But during those 14 years, what other kind of man did God know? Understand what Jacob was doing was not easy work, folks. It was rough work. Come on, he wasn't at a desk. Matter of fact, look at Genesis 20, 31, 38. He, he describes what kind of work he did. Genesis 31, 38. When he tells Laban, are you there? He said, this 20 years have I been with thee. The ewes and the she-goats have not cast their young, and the rams of the flock have I not what? Eaten. I ain't ate. I didn't take none of your stuff. That which was torn from beast, I brought not unto thee. He said, I did what? I bear the loss of it. Of my hand didst thou require it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me. It was hot out here. And the frost by night, it was cold out here. And my sleep departed from my eyes. This was rough work. It was all day and all night in the elements and in danger. What's this tell you? This tells us you can't be lazy and be fully blessed. Let me tell you it again. You can't be lazy and fully blessed. And you can't be afraid to be inconvenienced. You can't, come on, you can't be afraid to be inconvenienced. The problem with most people, they want everything convenient. If it fits in my time slot, I'm all right. But if it don't fit in my time slot, I got problems and issues with this. So you can't be afraid to be inconvenienced. And comfort can't be the most important thing in your life. See, once again, see, people look at the Creflo Dollars, look at the Bishop Butlers and the Kenneth Copelands and the T.D. Jakes in the world, and they look at them people and they say, man, they got it made. Big houses, big cars. Come on, say amen, somebody. But understand this. There's a whole lot behind the scenes. Come on. There's a whole lot of behind the scenes things that you don't see. Come on. See, people have this tendency to think that we just lay around and goof off all the time. And you can't. If you want things to be right, you can't do that. You can't goof around. And if you ever get that way, you'll start slipping backwards. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, I don't care how blessed you get, there's a time where you have to press beyond yourself if you want to get something done. And you got to be faithful where God puts you. Somebody say faithful. And you may sit up there and say, well, I got a call to God in my life. I got a call to be an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, a prophet, or apostle, and maybe you do. But that doesn't mean you start there. You don't start out in your ultimate call. Nobody does. Say it again. Nobody does. Just because you're called to do something doesn't mean you're able to stand in that place right now. Why? Because it takes training. 
It takes training. And you got to be faithful and you got to pass tests. And then you go to the next phase of training and you got to be faithful to pass tests again. Then you go to the next phase of training. Now, it's, what's sad is we have a generation that doesn't know these things. And, they, and when, they get a little, get a, when they get a little bit uncomfortable, what they're doing, they're ready to give up and quit. That's bad, folks. Because where does it end? Because if you ever start quitting, where does it end? What happens, you learn it's easier to quit. Come on, if it's tough and challenges, amen, they say, oh, I, I just quit. Why? Because it's so hard. And that's not good. Tell you, but that's not good. Because why? It will prevent you from ever reaching your potential. It will prevent you from ever passing the test and being qualified for what God has called you to. Let me say that again. It will prevent you from ever passing the test and being qualified for what God called you to. You either shouldn't be doing it at all or you finish it. You what? You finish it. Listen, if you didn't get it right the first time, you come back tomorrow. If you didn't get it right this week, you study some more and go back and take it again next week. If you didn't get it this month, then you go back and pray some more and rest. Then you hit it harder. Amen. You hit it what? Harder. But you get it. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you get it. Amen. I don't care if it takes you a year. If it takes you five years, you do it until you get it. Finish it. Amen. Finish what you start. Amen. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't go halfway to the cross? Because he had challenges. Come on. I cleaned toilets. I cleaned up vomit. But I learned valuable lessons while I worked as a janitor in maintenance. Come on. I learned about serving and doing the job right. Learned about dealing with people. It was all training. It was all training working around the ministerial staff, seeing how they functioned and operated while I was a janitor. It was all training. Come on, say amen, somebody. But all this didn't start. Amen. Even then. It started when I cut grass at home. I did my yard. Come on, say amen, somebody. It started when I went and cut my aunt's grass for a little change. Then when we moved to Detroit, I worked in summer programs. I worked during the summer. I had a paper route during the school. Even though I got robbed, I had a paper route. But it was all training. <laughs> it was all training. Because I seen the same guy playing on the basketball court with me the next day. <laughs> playing basketball. And I was bold enough to ask him. I asked him, point blank. I said, would you have shot me if I didn't give you the money? He looked at me straight in my eyes and said, yes. 
I said, let's continue to play. <laughs> and he was serious. Come on. It was all training. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. But nowadays, all kids do is lay up and play video games. And we'll say, oh, it's just a generation thing. No, it's not. No, it's not this generation. It's people lowering their standards. Do you hear me? It's people not teaching their children. Come on, teaching values to their children. Come on. It's people getting sloppy and lazy, and it makes it hard on them. And what happens is people let, let, people let their whole lives revolve around their children or that child, and then that child shows up at school, and they're shocked that the whole school doesn't revolve around them. Or they go and try to work for somebody, and they're shocked, and they go, I'm here for eight hours. You want me to work too? We have a whole generation that don't know how to work. I've had parents complain about their children working here in the church. Saying they're working too hard. Too long. Too late. Got the children thinking, well, you're doing all the work and now the other kids are doing it. So now the kids feel bad because ain't nobody else working. They working me to death. We have a generation, listen, that's not prospering because they don't know how to work. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Come on. This goes hand in hand, folks. The Proverbs talks about the diligent shall be made rich. Amen? You got to stay focused on what God put you on. See, my dad, my dad taught me, if you're going to do it, he taught me, do it to the best of your ability because why? Your work reflects upon you. That's what he taught me. Amen? See, if your ability, if your ability comes short, then you believe God to make up the rest. But everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. Listen. I don't care what you do, do it as unto the Lord. And when you do that, you pass tests and you qualified and God will promote you. Listen, God promoted me from cleaning toilets to ministering in Saginaw, Michigan once a month. I was put in rotation in between cleaning toilets, folks. Amen? See, that started from me helping in the youth department. That started from me helping in the comforters team, ministering to shut-ins and near-death people and standing up here with a, with, a, with a box of tissue during a funeral as the comforters did to comfort the families. It started from me being on a SWAT team, going to the nursing homes. My wife and I going door-to-door ministering in our neighborhood. It started from me being a, being a touch group leader, going to early morning prayer. 
Amen. Then I was, I was promoted to lead prayer when the ministers didn't show up and were late. Even while I was a janitor, there was a lot of things behind the scenes you didn't see. Come on. I could have been a person that said, listen, that's not my grace. I'm, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm a speaking gift, not a toilet cleaner. Oh, floor scrubber? Come on, I did 12-hour shifts just stripping and waxing floors all by myself. And still went to early morning prayer. Why? See, I had to realize man didn't give me the job I was doing. The Lord was giving me this job. So am I going to be sloppy with him? I was never late. Never late. And everything the Lord had me to do, I kept being promoted. Kept being promoted. Kept being promoted. But if you ever stop, if you ever get lazy, you'll stop getting promoted. And you can actually start going backwards. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. What kind of man did Jacob become? Come on, he was a mama's boy. He was a liar. He was a deceiver. But can people change? Thank God. Listen, mama's boys can become strong men. Liars can become people of integrity. And lazy people can become diligent people. In other words, you can change. Tell your neighbor, you can change. Amen. Jacob was faithful out there in the wilderness for 20 years. Some people can't even go six months doing the same thing. 20 years. Even if a lion got one of his sheep, he paid for it. He would say it was done under my watch, so I should, and I should have been paying attention. Another, he's a man that took responsibility if something got wrong under his watch. He wouldn't sit there trying to point a finger. Well, they should have done that. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. But he was a blessed man when it was all said and done. Come on, he passed tests and he qualified. Listen, Laban tricked him and changed his wages ten times because he didn't read the fine print. And the contracts he was signing every year. <laughs> Laban took him, folks. But guess what? It's not over when somebody gets over on you. Or oh, you miss it by not paying attention to some things. Come on, say amen, somebody. Tell your neighbor, it's not over. Listen, it's not over. Why? Because I'm blessed. I have a covenant with God. The blessing is on me. The anointing of increases on me. It's not over. But you may say, but they got me again. So? But I had 10 bad deals in a row. So did Jacob. He got burned 10 times in a row financially. But God protected him. And he kept watching over him. And listen, when he, come, when he comes out, 
When he comes out, what happened? He's the owner of many employees. He had flocks. He had herds. He had camels. And he had donkeys. He had gold and silver. And listen, God did it all for him. God will do the same for you. It's not over. It's not over. God knows we made some bad, dumb, stupid mistakes. But God's like this. Do you know who I am? I don't care if you gave $100,000 away. Do you know who I am? Do you know how much I have up here in heaven? Don't you think I can replace that and some? Hallelujah. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you glory. Got to be a person of your word. What kind of person was, was, was Jacob? He was a person of his word. Glory to God. He was blessed. He was blessed. He was blessed. He was blessed. He is a hard worker. He wasn't afraid of work. Amen. A man of integrity. A man that took responsibility. That's the kind of person God can bless. Hallelujah. Come on, say, I'm going to be that person. Glory to your name, Lord. Because there's two sides to this thing. What kind of God we serve, but what kind of server, what kind of person does God bless like that? It just can't be one way. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank and we praise you. We thank you for your word today, Lord. We thank you for your word today, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. What are you gonna do when God tells you to do something that you didn't even seek? 